Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello there and welcome back to This Song Is Yours. I'm Simon Fink, your host, and welcome to our Best of 2023 episode. This is our second year running our Best Of list at the end of the year, and it is always such a fun yet stressful episode to pull together. What another incredible year for music, both for Australian artists and for those from abroad. The thing I love most about this time of year is the sharing of lists and everyone's top records of the year. It's always so cool to see what other people were listening to and what kind of artists that you share with people and what artists you kind of miss throughout the year. Last year's episode, we had Lizzie McAlpine as our top record and only a month or so later, Ceilings went viral on TikTok and brought her to a whole new subsection of fans. So that was very cool to kind of see and watch. On the flip side of that, we totally missed the Rosalia record last year and it was on everyone else's list. Uh, But with so many people recommending it, we went and checked it out, fell in love with it immediately, went and bought the vinyl actually within a day or so of listening to it. So it is such a special time of year with all these lists kind of floating around. I have to admit, 2023 had some absolutely stellar records from artists, but nothing that clicked with me as instantly as Lizzie McAlpine and Barty's Strange did last year. I feel like those records, when I heard them, they really kind of resonated with me quite quickly and I knew they would be somewhere in the top three to four to five records. Whereas this year, it did take me a bit of a longer time to find records that I fell in love with and that resonated with me. I really had to invest and get to know a record for it to keep its longevity. One thing that surprised me this year, though, was my own listening habits. We had records from some of my absolute favorite bands from over the course of my many 30-something years of life. And while they were good records, I found myself not returning to them time and time again like some previous records that I would have maybe back in the day. Bands like The National and Sufjane Stevens both put out records that were great, but just simply were not my cup of tea this year. didn't quite catch the mark or I didn't click with it for whatever reason. There were also records that I just couldn't, uh, yeah, that I didn't really click with either. I know that some of these might be controversial, but from artists like Caroline Polachek to Ray to Lana Del Rey, these albums were sonically very beautiful to listen to, but for whatever reason, didn't quite click with myself and found it difficult to kind of return back to. Listening habits do change over time and with the sheer volume of music that we listen to for the podcast, I don't know whether it means that I'm more selective with what I listen to or that my attention span might be shorter. I'm not totally sure. All I can tell you is that this list is obviously subjective and just my own opinion. There are some that you might agree with and some that you don't from our top 20. If you think I missed anything, please reach out. We do love recommendations of music on the pod, so let me know. Similar to last year, these 20 records we're going to talk about today are the 20 records I found myself revisiting and connecting with the most. Some aren't in my most played for the year, but for whatever reason, their record has burrowed itself down into my brain and has remained in my playlist throughout the last 12 months. From folk songs with three-part harmonies to truth-telling hip-hop, these records are what soundtracked my 2023. Once again, we've also invited some guests along for the ride with us today who are joining us to tell us their thoughts on some of our top records for the year. I won't spoil who's on the guest list so far, but if you've already read the artwork or episode description, you'll have a pretty good idea. So as it was the year of AI taking over in 2023, I thought I'd get a little hand in our countdown today with the assistance of our new virtual assistant, Beatrice. Hey, Beatrice. Hello there. Now she's going to help introduce each record as we count down today. I sure am. So let's get into it then and count down our top 20 records for 2023. Beatrice, you take it away. At number 20, it's Gracie Abrams with Good Riddance.
We're kicking things off at number 20 with Gracie Abrams and Good Riddance. And to join us, we have the lovely Helena Zara to join us. Hello, Helena. How's it going? Hello, hello. Good, good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for our end of year episode and also to chat about Gracie Abrams. I very much appreciate it. Oh, yes, of course, anytime. (laughs) I do have to ask, I have to get it out of the way. Are you a big Gracie Abrams fan? I don't know what her fandom is called, actually. Do you know? I actually don't know. I I don't think I've come across a... I do know that a fan group chat has added me, um, and they're called they're called <laughs> Gracelies, but I don't know if that's her actual fandom. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, maybe we're discovering new ground here. Maybe there isn't an official term as of yet, and maybe. that's why we're, yeah. <laughs> well, look, I know there's been a lot of talk about um, you maybe playing with Gracie when she comes to Australia. I don't know what we can talk about in relation to that, but um, I do want to talk about her record Good Riddance, and I'd love to know, yes. I guess, your introduction to Gracie Abrams and when you first heard some of the music off yeah, this new of record. Course. Oh, goodness. Where do I start? I was 14 when I was introduced to Gracie. Um, I don't even know how I stumbled across Gracie. It must have been through Instagram or SoundCloud, I think, because um, I was following, like, Lennon Stella and other upcoming emerging female artists out of L.A. And um, I do remember listening to a song off of her SoundCloud. I don't think she's re-released it since, um, but it was, it's called a song. Um, it's a song called, my goodness, my brain. It's a song called And She Will Miss You, um, and it really, really re- resonated with me personally for many different personal reasons. Um, and I was, I was honestly stunned. And I just became overly obsessed with her. So <laughs> I, I admire her so much. Um, and she definitely opened a portal within my creative world um, and realm for me at, at, in terms of, like, you know, being a songwriter um, and just a creative in general. So, yeah. I absolutely love that. With this yeah. um, with this new record, I realise it's always such an unfair kind of question to ask. Is yeah. there a key track from this record or like a favourite track that you love? Um, I would say, my goodness, there are so many great tracks um, on that album. Like, I think it's so unfair to just pick <laughs> one song. I definitely would say, I mean, look, there's... I know it won't work out. Um, Amelie. Um, yeah, I would say there is right now a speaking to me in my life. Look, very solid choices. I know it won't work. I think is also a favorite of mine. So yeah, I think very, very solid choices (laughs) with those. (laughs) Yeah. I also wanted to ask, um, as well as Gracie Abrams releasing new music, we also had new music from yourself this year in the form of yeah. Convenience Store and Wait, both absolutely brilliant singles, one a Thank bit more you. poppy, one a little bit more heartbreaking. Can we expect some more music from Helena Zara in 2024? Absolutely. I don't think I'll ever stop. Um, we do have <laughs> <laughs> We do have an EP on its way. Um, I think I'm allowed to say that. I'm not sure, but it's out now. So, um, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm very excited for 2024. I have a good feeling about it and I can't wait to release all of my music at some point when that time comes. That is super exciting. And when that time does come, please come back to the podcast and we'll do a proper episode and have you on. Absolutely. Please. I would love to. (laughs) That sounds fantastic. Helena, thank you so much for chatting to us about Gracie Abrams. um, And we hope that you have a lovely end of the rest of the year for yourself. Thank you. Yourself as well. Number 19, it's 100 Gex with 10,000 Gex. Crazy, crazy, baby. 
last number of years, two things have become abundantly clear in the landscape of popular music. Firstly, everything old is new again, with nostalgia being mined for inspiration all the time. All you have to do is simply look at the terrible David Guetta songs that are coming out that sample 90s dance songs and you'll know what I'm talking about. Secondly, with recent artists having more exposure to more genres, the line between genres are getting further blurred. Artists like Rina Sawayama have found success blending new metal and pop and rock, and I feel like 100 Gex are the further evolution of both of those times. 10,000 Gex is the record that they put out this year, and it is an experimental and genre-defying album that kind of challenges musical norms. It blends elements of pop, electronic, hyper-pop, new metal, ska, rock, electro, heavy metal, and it almost at sometimes feels like it could fall into parody, but it never quite does. They seem to stick the landing perfectly. The album's chaotic and inventive soundscapes explore themes of internet culture, absurdity, and pushing the boundaries of musical experimentation. There does tend to be this lazy kind of go-to phrase in music journalism to say that 100 Gex simply sounds like what the internet sounds like. I think if you boil it down to that simple phrase, you're just not using the internet to its full potential. Number 18, it's Zach Bryan with the self-titled Zach Bryan. They said I was a wannabe cowboy from a cutthroat town With tattooed skin and nobody around Your songs sound the same, you'll never make a name for yourself in a year that saw country music at its most popular and possibly its most divisive, one genuine star really did shine through, and that was one Mr. Zach Bryan. When popular country music seems to be trying new sonics with beats and attempting to reach more of a pop sound, traditional songwriting and sincerity could have been a really risky move, but Zach does such an effortless job of drawing the listener in with his heartfelt lyrics and his honest storytelling. From stories about the working class and human experience that never quite feel forced or disingenuous to stories of love and heartache, Zach's lyrics and vocal delivery make you feel as if you're just kind of simply hearing a friend pour his heart out over a cold beverage. The Casey Musgrave duet could honestly be turned into a whole record itself, which I would not be mad about either. And I do have so much respect for the man as he managed to reunite Australian band The Middle East for his US tour. To, to me, that makes him a hero already. And the Bible's in their hearts. So take me down the road, it's a little bit wide. At number 17, it's Genesis Owusu with Struggler. I would die on my knees, throw my hands tied. In the end, it's a watch versus a landslide. Better run, there's a gun, and he's coming for me. Genesis Owusu made a stunning return with his second studio record, Struggle, this year, and we've managed to rope in the lovely What's So Not to help us chat about it. Chris, hello. How you going, mate? I'm great. I'm doing good. It's, it's been a bit of a warm day today, but I um, managed to stay cool and just get into some music, which was really great. I got this little studio set up uh, in a very empty room as my folks are moving out, and I had to clean up my house, my childhood home. Mm-hmm. You are back in Australia at the moment. How has it been treating you? Uh, honestly, it's been awesome. I came back and I went to New Zealand for about five days. My brother, we just went surfing. It was the first time we'd left the country in a couple of years because of COVID and he has a dog and stuff now, like most people. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Good weather, beach every day. Um, you know, you sort of just, uh, you, you come to conclusions of things that aren't exactly how you want them and then you say them out loud, I wish this would change, and then it suddenly does. I've had a bit of that too. I came back and I was like, I don't have any really good friends that actually live here anymore. And then suddenly like two of my amazing music industry friends um, are just staying up the road for like three weeks while they set up a business over here or something. Nice. And so we're just going every day. Yeah, it's been really nice. That is awesome to hear. Well, I'm glad you're back kind of at home. Well, yeah, sorry, literally at home. Um, uh, Thank you again for coming to chat with us about uh, the Genesis Owusu record from this year's Struggler. It was another brilliant kind of representation of what Genesis does quite well, mixing, you know, punk, hip-hop, 
um, even disco in some kind of uh, elements. What did uh, you make of the record? I guess what was your kind of first impressions of this second record? I've heard a little bit. I, I was talking about this the other day that I might have even heard some of these before they were out because um, I'm very good friends with Genesis manager, uh, Maddie, or that, I think it's his day today. Um, John O'Mar is a very good friend of mine and John was has been working on this project for quite some time now. I went to maybe his first Perth show. I was When I was living in Perth during COVID, he came over and it was a chance to catch up with everybody who was part of that team. And um, I even took him to a, a, a neuro drum and bass night, which was a bit frightening for most of the crew. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, the record's so cool. I I think my favourite part about it is all the, the punky kind of you know, upbeat, downbeat, up-tempo sort of records. Um, it almost had a bit of a block party vibe, you know, block parties sort of used to mm-hmm. get like that back in the Um It was really dope. Great musicality, nice organic elements, you know, front to back. Um, I have a question for you, though, because I'm, I'm just not super, super familiar with the ins and outs of this record. There was roaches brought up constantly there's a track called roach <laughs> you dive into what this means see that is a good question i don't feel like i'm qualified to answer it either i think that is almost a question for genesis himself because the roach it does it is quite strong imagery throughout the record um and yeah <laughs> and as you said there's the track the roach which is it kind of poses some good questions i think it asks are we human or are we dancer which is you know, coming back around from the killers at 10 years on, but still, yeah, I'm not entirely sure why the roach, but it, uh, yeah, very strong imagery. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, really cool album. I listened to bits and pieces of it and it was great doing this. And I, I, I listened to it front to back like a couple of times and I had a big drive up to Newcastle the other day. Um, it's great driving music, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Very, yeah. very great road yeah. trip record. This might be a little bit of an unfair question to ask. Um, is there a key track that kind of stood out to you as, um, I guess, the one that kind of clicked with you the most or resonated with you the most? Probably Balthazar was really good. Leaving the Light On. I'm guessing Leaving the Light On is like the main single, is it? Yes, I think that was one of the first singles to be released. Yeah, I like this. I like that I'm a bit detached from everything. I'm always overseas. So I'm just coming at it like I'm going to guess that one. <laughs> I don't really know, but that, that was the one I was like, this is a very strong record. <laughs> and so I was like, probably makes sense. This was the lead song of the album and the single, um, which was, I think stuck in the fam was really cool. Um, I definitely liked all the punky ones and there, there was quite a few, like every two or three tracks was like, Oh, sick. This is a good vibe. Yeah. 100%. I think there's, um, yeah, I'm curious to see kind of what he does on the third record. Then if he does kind of lean into those more, punk-ish elements and as you said before like the block party elements I think that was a very good call um I would love to talk for a second about yourself and the new track Cyanide which is out right now it's out with Tommy Trash and with Lucille Croft on it as well Mm. Uh, congratulations on this single thank you very much of course of course well I know you and I spoke I think last year about Anomaly and uh and that record when it came out obviously we've got new music now might be a little bit forward thinking are we looking at maybe some more new music for 2024 oh definitely uh i was contemplating doing another album and i don't think i'm going to just yet i think that albums are in a tricky spot in the way uh music is being consumed at the moment and ingested Mm -hmm. and and, uh, i think behaviors of um social media and all these different things so i've been Liking the idea of the freedom to be a little more exploratory. I had a year like that, releasing singles on all different labels around the world, um, sort of breaking away from just the labels I've been with for, with for such a long time, doing full album campaigns. And I, I really enjoyed that. And now I think I'm going to move into um, still probably doing some singles, maybe some EPs that have kind of uh, narrow in on certain themes and genres and emotions for each little pocket of music. Um, And I've definitely in my mind got four different spaces I sort of want to cover off and I've I've got some 
pretty well done um, records ready to sit into those zones. That is awesome to hear. Well, in whatever kind of capacity or form that they come in, I'm very much looking forward to uh, some more new music from yourself next year. Thank you very much for coming to chat with us about Genesis Owusu and Struggler. Uh, We do appreciate it and I hope that you have a great end of the year and happy holidays. Thanks so much, Simon. Really appreciate it. At number 16, it's Ryan Beatty with Calico. And print on a window pane like white teeth to red wine stain. The stunning third record from Ryan Beatty came out in April of this year, bringing some of these best folk and pop tracks. And we're lucky enough to be joined by the other creators of some of the best folk pop in 2023. It's Tiny Habits. Hello again. (laughs) How are you going? Hello. Now, I have to admit, Calico was my first introduction to Ryan Beatty. I imagine that the three of you were maybe more well-versed in his music before Calico. I only remember seeing his videos on YouTube as like a child. And then I saw this album and I was like, I have to know. Yeah. Judah, you showed us the... I I found Bruises Off the Peach, mm-hmm. on, which is on that album. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to the Habs. And we all And I was obsessed. like, this this is crazy. Tap in. <laughs> and then we never first, you heard of Ryan Beatty, though? No, I knew who he was. I just yeah. didn't. I didn't. Just like as a figure, or like his music. Just not as an artist. I didn't okay, know yeah. his music. I knew him as a singer. Yeah. What do um what do the three of you make of some of the songwriting on this record? Because it is, um, some of the um I guess most refreshing and especially that track as well, "Bridges of the Peach." It is this beautiful light kind of acoustic pop. What do you make of some of his songwriting choices on this record? Genius. I think this is definitely. <laughs> one of our top favorite albums, like the three of us mm-hmm. of the whole year. Yeah. And I remember being on the train. I think mm-hmm. we were going to New York and we were all listening to it at the same time. Just like, <laughs> just like with yeah. our jaws to the ground. Yeah. But the songwriting on this album is so refreshing. And I feel like, I feel like I've noticed in a lot of music these days, like a lot of symmetry like melodically and like structurally and I feel like this album for me was really refreshing because it it sort of deviated from that there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Norm. And I feel like that was that made a lot of the songs like really interesting mm-hmm. for me personally to listen yeah. to. Also, some of the melodic choices are just yeah. so so insane mm-hmm. and in my opinion it's it just feels like a very perfect record like every yeah. part of it is perfect like mm-hmm. the production is so tasteful and so perfect for the writing and the writing is and his voice like everything about it is just so like i don't think i've heard a record that i've liked every single every single song yeah is like equally as amazing to me yeah. and like i agree i don't think i've heard any other record like that I would agree with that sentiment and I'm then going to follow it up with an extremely unfair question. Mm -hmm. Um, If you then had to pick a favourite track off said record, (laughs) can you do so? Can I pick two? Yeah, of course. (laughs) I think White Teeth are you. I was going to say say White Teeth and Bruises off the peach. I also love Ribbons. Multiple endings is also, (laughs) can we just say the whole album? I think I'm going to say White Teeth. 
Yeah, I would I say, would say that white one. teeth as well. Bruises off the peach is so good. Bruises off the peach is. I, I, no, I'd say white teeth. I think bright white red teeth. is also so. That's good. Gonna, that was gonna be my third one. Bright red. Do you have a favorite? Mine would be bruises. Yeah. Yeah. Something about that track. No, yeah. Something about it. (laughs) Now, I very quickly want to get in um, a bit of a plug for yourselves. You are coming down to Australia next year. In a matter of weeks, you'll be playing some shows with Gracie Abrams and your own shows in Melbourne. Uh, what can fans expect from Tiny Habits' Australian debut? Well. <laughs> what can they expect? Maybe some new music. Probably a lot of music. Maybe some, um, new, some new unreleased music. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. The exciting thing is that because we only have one EP of five originals, if you come to a show of ours that is an hour and 15 minutes, we have to play more songs. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of unreleased stuff. The EP, of course, maybe some fun covers. It'll be really, really fun. Mm-hmm. We'll try Vegemite on stage. Yeah. Live, <laughs> live review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very much looking forward to that. Um, thank you so much for joining us on our end of, uh, end of the year best of episode. I appreciate it. And we'll see you in a few weeks at uh, your Melbourne show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I cut all the bruises off the peach. Not as beautiful. At number 15, it's Sizzle with SOS. One of the best records of the year was technically released in 2022. Scissor returned in late December last year with SOS after a long break between records, but it was definitely worth the wait. SOS has the hip-hop superstar singing, rapping, and just generally getting up in her feels in such a way that feels conversational and honest as if she'd literally just thought of them herself. Jumping from indie pop angst to betrayed musings on how to obtain revenge and running the gamut on everything in between, this record really resonated with people this year as well, with its record-breaking chart placement, sold-out tours, multiple Grammy noms at the end of the year as well. One can only hope that she brings the SOS tour to Australia, mainly so we can see that floating lifeboat visual trick, but um, yeah, SOS was such a brilliant triumph for SZA this year. No problem. I don't got nobody just with you right now. Tell the truth, I look better under you. I can't lose. At number 14, it's Troy Sivan with something to give each other. Australia's own Troy Sivan managed to break the stock standard mould of the breakup record this year, and you honestly wouldn't even be able to tell that it was a breakup record to begin with. Something to give each other finds its place not as the heartbroken lost lover kind of record, or the I'm better off without you ex burnt kind of record. It kind of lands somewhere in the wild and odd space in between those two moments. It's Troy at his most comfortable and what appears to sound the most like him. His songwriting on this record is more mature than previous outings and it finds him musing on things such as queer desire, nostalgia and the sweetness of intimacy that is set amongst a club-ready soundtrack and it kind of keeps it from falling into anything ever too serious at all times. Also, the Bag Raiders sample is just next level genius. I think that's all I really have to say. On my mind. Let's go. Number 13, it's Arlo Parks with My Soft Machine. My Soft Machine sees Arlo Parks evolving the sound that she built upon on her incredible debut record, Collapsed in Sunbeams. In the lead up to this second album's release, Arlo talked about being inspired by a range of genres this time round, such as soul and industrial heavy metal, more different kind of genres that pushed her sonically from that first debut record, and you can really start to see these shine through ever so slightly. Whether it be her take on grunge, on track devotion, or the soulful blades, Arlo has this magical quality of being able to apply multiple kind of sonic landscapes to her heartbreaking and honest lyrics. She's going to release a book of poetry next month in January, which is a companion piece to this record, 
from which all accounts looks like it's going to be an absolute must read. When you Number 12, it's Holly Humberston with Paint My Bedroom Black. As you might have been able to tell from our 300th episode this year, we're big Holly Humberstone fans here at the podcast. Ever since her second EP back in 2021, we've always absolutely adored Holly's brand of folk pop that flourishes with these tiny little electronic elements. On Paint My Bedroom Black, we see Holly really not trying to fall into one category other side of those sonic comparisons, and she does so beautifully. Songs like Super Blood Moon, Antichrist, and Into Your Room do a brilliant job of bringing together these organic instruments and electronic flourishes where Holly is able to share her thoughts on love, heartbreak, and adolescence while never seeming quite cheesy or too formulaic. She's also an absolute delight to chat with and we're super excited to catch her at Heaps Good Festival across the summer this year. At number 11, it's the Paper Kites with At The Roadhouse. One of the best things about running a music podcast is that we're given pre-release access to certain artists' albums before they're released. I remember sitting down and absolutely melting when I heard the latest record from Australian folk band, The Paper Kites. At the Roadhouse has them absolutely mastering folk, country and rock across the album's 16 tracks, all which were recorded live, which is just wild to hear when you listen to the absolute delicate nature of some of these songs. For a band that is 14 years old and into their career and has kind of seen a lot of it, At The Roadhouse shows that the paper kites are only really just beginning to showcase the best of their work. At number 10, it's Larselings with Perfect World. sister duo Amy and Josh Dowdle created absolutely soaring sonics for their second record, Perfect World. Described by Amy as a journal of sorts for everything we go through in our 20s, these songs on Lasting's second record have such sprawling soundscapes that sound gigantic, but they also hold deeply personal and intimate lyrics at the same time. While electronic music usually has the tendency to build and build to a huge drop or payoff, this record by Lastings this year has you simply inching on your seat to see where they drive you to next. At number nine, it's Greta Ray with Positive Spin. Honey Blonde Australian returned this year with her sophomore record, Positive Spin. As well documented with all of our interactions with Greta this year, both on this very podcast channel and our YouTube series, this record was a huge step forward for Greta. It has her leaning more into those pop sensibilities that she's kind of flirted with on her debut, Begin to Look Around. And while those sonics may have lightened, her lyrics, as always, hide something a little more sharper and more pointed. Greta has always had a way with words, and I don't see that changing in the future, but on Positive Spin, she shares enough to bring you into her honest and sometimes dark world while still letting you know there's a duality to everything and that it's all about perspective. Number eight, it's McKinley Dixon with beloved Paradise Jazz. All the angels looking jealous because your halo was hooves hovering over your shoulders. Wings usually is folded. I'm not used to extending them to tell you the truth. Pull me off the wall, grow on my roots. Sheesh. We had the absolute pleasure of having McKinley Dixon on the podcast this year for what I believe is the best hip hop record of 2023. I know I'm not alone in this thought as other media outlets such as Rolling Stone, Consequence of Sound, Paste and others have included beloved Paradise Jazz on their best of lists for the year. 
The Toni Morrison-inspired record has McKinley continuing the amazing work that he built on on his previous record, which was called For My Mama and Anyone Who Looked Like Her, and it sees the musician from Richmond, Virginia, musing on topics like gun violence and the black American experience in 2023. While the instrumentation is super crisp, rich and organic, it's the words and lyrics that really set this up to be one of the best hip-hop records of the last few years. Number seven, it's Olivia Rodrigo with Guts. Having really kicked things up a notch, Olivia returned this year with her stunning second record, Guts. We thought, who better to have on the podcast? We're going to balance out the scales a little bit. Jono from Sly Withers is here with us. Jono, hello once again, and thank you for coming on to our best of episode for the end of 2023. Hello, thanks for having me again. My absolute pleasure. It's always a delight to have both yourself and Sam on, and as we said, um, glad that we could help balance it out, get you, get you guys even footing. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, now, Guts, I think we even maybe in one of our previous interviews have spoken about Olivia Rodrigo and uh, Guts kind of came through this year kind of tearing up, um, well, I think tearing up people's expectations of what her second record was going to be. I know that this one's kind of leaning more into rock and like the indie rock of like the 90s. Curious to get what your thoughts were on Guts and and the songs that were coming off this record this year. Yeah, I think it was a massive album. Like it was always going to be hard to kind of top what Sour did. And I think there had to have been a lot of nerves in that camp going forward to the release. But it's such a strong album in its own right that I think if it had been the first one out as well, it would have done just as well. And I think, yeah, it was a fantastic follow-up. And I think kind of... um, she delved a lot deeper into like some of the themes that she was pushing in the first one and that kind of like in the best way possible, like bratty American rock um, that she's kind of like coined and she's so good at. Um, so yeah, I think it's been fantastic album and that like having the chance to do this interview, I had another bunch of listens to it this week and it was, um, it's kind of like, you know, picked up on more things that I'd missed the first time. And yeah, it's just a really great album start to finish. I would agree with that. It's really interesting because I think before the record came out, there were um, there seemed to be like oh, what's the word, like cosigns by um, a number of other artists who were kind of like, yeah, this record's incredible, and like artists like Jack White and Saint Vincent and Alanis Morissette and people of like really high stature that I think mm. when you go back and re-listen to the record, you can hear their influences kind of in it yeah. almost. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think what was it on Vampire? The the guitar at the end is very like Jack White, Lazaretto almost in a way. Yeah, and it's kind of like I always felt with Vampire that it's so, almost feels like a follow on to Deja Vu from the first album, and I think yeah. it's like you know it's doing that same thing, but just pushing everything a slight bit further. And like you said, like the Jack White influence is definitely present there, and I think um, yeah, just super interesting how she's like. Well, I don't know if it's her or the band, but the, the way that they're like, you know, coordinating all the tones and stuff just really nail that 90s grunge type vibe, but done in a modern way is super cool. 100% agreed. Yeah. And like, I think you just mentioned it then, the 90s grunge kind of influence. I know she's going on tour with the Breeders next year and a few other bands that are kind of from that era. So I'm really curious to see where it does yeah. take possibly the next record things like that but um it is yeah an incredible record i know it's such a kind of unfair question to ask um is there a key track for yourself is there a favorite track from the record until maybe early in the week i would have said vampire and i think it's still such a standout track but having listened through this week i was actually listening to it with my partner and she pointed out that the first track all american bitch it's like I would have never picked this, but it went straight to her head that it plays in the first 40 seconds of the 10 Things I Hate About You movie with Heath Ledger. And it's, oh, sorry, no, it doesn't. It sounds like the song that plays in the first 40 seconds of that, Spider-Bait Calypso. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it was an interpolation thing, but if you go back and listen to it and you can find it on YouTube, you type in Spider-Bait Calypso, 10 Things I Hate About You. The intro to that movie is like, it almost sums up the whole album and it's it's like the wide shot american suburban suburb 
that zooms in onto the house and you see the main character and then it flips to like a grunge thing after being this really sweet acoustic guitar with like really pretty vocals and then all of a sudden you just get hit with the 90s grunge thing so i think like once that kind of got stuck in my head i was like that is such a smart you know maybe it was a complete accident but it's just like now for me there's such strong imagery (laughs) through that first song that sets up the rest of the album and it almost like you could take this whole album make it the soundtrack for that movie and it would fit perfectly Mm. and make total sense that idea of like yeah american suburban high school drama that is sort of just runs through every song i think it's super cool that is actually yeah such a strong point i would never have got there myself but i can picture the scene that you're talking about like where it's like the um it's like the panning shot and then it comes through the window and then it kicks in with the grunge part of it yeah exactly yeah yeah Man, shout outs to your partner for picking up on that. That's very strong. I know. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> um, Jono, I wanted to very quickly touch on I know that 2022 was a massive year for, for Slight Withers. Um, obviously, we had overgrown. I know that you guys kept busy in 2023 with plenty of touring. Um, I believe, and I'm not sure if we're allowed to divulge it, you guys are back in the studio. Can we talk about what we can expect for 2024 or is it all still kind of hush-hush at the moment? No, we can talk about it. We don't have a lot of um, plans, you know, set in stone for 2024. But as you said, yeah, we've just finished up another two weeks in the studio with um, Dave Parkin again, the same person we did Overgrown with. Um, And it was a really special couple of weeks because it's obviously Joel's Joel's last time in the studio with us. Um, So he'll be wrapping up. At the end of the year, New Year's is going to be his last show with us. Um, so, I don't know, it was just a different vibe going going into the studio that we were just trying to have as much fun with it as we could. And, you know, that was always at the forefront of our minds. It was not really thinking about the long-term plan for these songs. It was what's, what do we just want to do with it right now and what, what would come from that and just trying to have fun with the song. So I think um, we haven't got any of the mixes back yet. Um, but very, very excited. I think at the moment it's hard to sort of piece together what it's all going to sound like because I think from the songs that we started with, there's quite a broad range of influences. A lot of it is probably just going to be a breakup album, but about Joel in the <laughs> nicest way possible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just very excited to get them back. And I think once we once we hear them, I think we'll have maybe five or six tracks by done from these sessions. So got half an album and then I think it's going to be a little bit of figuring out where we go from there. We haven't decided, you know, if we've got a new drummer who's going to jump on straight away or not. So yeah, it's going to be interesting and maybe we'll do some recording sessions without a drummer and see half of it's an acoustic album or something like that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be um, interesting and there's a lot of excitement around both what Joel's going to be doing and what, what we're going to be able to do from now. So yeah, I think, it's too early to give you any any plans or any dates because we don't have them. Um, but no, very, very excited to hear how these songs turn out. Regardless of when and where these kind of songs end up, very excited to hear them when we do get um, the opportunity to. So thank you for sharing that with us. And we will make sure that we have details for Joel's last show in the show notes for this uh, year-end wrap-up so that people can head along and support and, and farewell him in style. Um, Jono, thank you very much for coming on to chat about Olivia Rodrigo Guts with us. I uh, very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a good Christmas. Fuck it, it's fine. Yes, I know that he's my ex, but can't you be what we connect? I only see him as a friend, the biggest lie I ever said. Oh, yes, Number six. It's Leve with Bewitched. Just let me say that when I talk to you, oh Cupid walks right through and shoots on their in what has been an absolutely stellar year for Leve, Bewitched confirms what we've been trying to tell you since we had her on the podcast back in 2021. The Icelandic Chinese singer and multi-instrumentalist crafts beautifully tender songs that pull jazz headfirst into 2023 and allows her to put her own modern take on the genre. With that absolutely haunting voice that is just like a young Billie Holiday, there is no way that you can not fall in love with this record. 
as a music university dropout, jazz and its accompanying cadences, chord structures, and all that silly theory stuff still float around in my head. And so maybe that's why I love this record, but also maybe because it is just a damn great record to listen to in 2023 that doesn't really sound like any of her contemporaries. It hurts to be something, it's worse to be nothing with you. Number five, it's Metsky with The Land is Inhospitable and so are we. Over the years, Mitski has taken many forms. On her Puberty 2 record, she was the indie rock grunge queen. On Be the Cowboy, she dabbled with indie rock and pop. Laurel Hell saw Mitski put everything into a synth-heavy 80s-inspired record. And this is all to say that Mitski is never resting on her laurels and never staying in the one lane. She's always ever-evolving. It once again rings true for The Land is Inhospitable, which sees the American-Japanese songwriter tone things down completely for a record that finds more in common with country and folk music. With acoustic guitars and pedal steels abound on this record, it honestly allows distance and room for Mitski's heartbreaking lyrics to really resonate with listeners. This is a stunning record, and it's not surprising that it did have a little moment on TikTok this year, and it saw Mitski's first appearance in the Hot 100 charts. At number four, it's Wednesday with Rats or God. As I've gone through this list, I've started to realise that while there's no direct country artists by Mr. Zach Bryan, a lot of these records have country tinges and touches to them. The Paper Kites, Mitski, even Greta Ray, touches of country music seem to be permeating through my music taste, and Wednesday is just another brilliant example of this. Ratsaw God saw the North Carolina band release a record which is equal parts grunge, equal parts heavy rock, equal parts indie, and equal parts country, and the blend could not be more exquisite. After defying all kind of sonic labels, even though I just tried then, the record takes on the experience of growing up and being young in the South for both better or worse. Chosen to Deserve is one of the key tracks on this song, and at times it kind of comes off as an indie duet version of Lynn and Skinner, and while I'm not mad about it, it is easy to see why it's one of my favourite tracks of this year. Number three, it's Juice Webster with Julia. And what I would say is my favourite Australian record of 2023, Juice Webster hit it out of the park with her debut record, Julia. The Melbourne songwriter's debut tackles subjects like grief, anxiety, and yearning all through the lens of nostalgia, and it's an absolutely heartbreaking listen. Coming from a somewhat electronic background with her other project, Hem, Juice Webster makes beautifully textured folk that would sit well with any fan of Big Thief, Phoebe Bridges, and basically any other incredible female-fronted indie band. This is an absolutely stellar debut that makes me super excited to see what Juice Webster does next. Number two, it's Sampha with La High. I spilled it on the floor, then find myself or wash up by the show. Artificial light, a glowing phone, the source. It will wake me up With the volume of music we get sent for the podcast, sometimes it is difficult for a record to resonate with us quickly and it usually takes some time. I have to admit this year this was not the case with La High. This stunning record from Sampha is an instant classic that honestly just demands your attention. Following on from his brilliant debut record process, Lahai seems to be tackling subjects such as faith and the ability to move forward through difficult times, all while his ethereal voice floats above skittish and well-thought-out electronic sonics. 
The power in this record is both in Sanford's lyrical content and his ability as a producer, where you really feel the power of what he's saying and how the music simply builds and swells and supports around it. While Process was dealing with grief, this second record, Lahai, is definitely a journal of picking yourself up and beginning to move again. Lying in reflections. Moonlight At number one, it's Boy Genius with the record. surprised that Boy Genius is the number one record on my list. We absolutely love the separate work of Miss Phoebe Bridges, Miss Julian Baker and Miss Lucy Takis here at the podcast. So of course their brilliant supergroup record, aptly titled The Record, was going to be our album of the year. While certain tracks give off the distinct songwriting flavour of one of the previously three mentioned songwriters, the power on this record is in the tracks that don't really allow you to work out who wrote what. The mystery of these tracks that could only really appear on this record are what make the record great. From Emily I'm Sorry to Satanist, these songs have been lapped up the world over by lovers of indie rock and just sad songs in general. He's hoping that 2024 gives us an Australian boy genius tour so that we can all cry to these songs together. We'll let Satanist play us out, but thank you again for listening to our Top Records of 2023 episode. Thank you to all involved, to our guests and their lovely publicists and teams for their help with today's episode. We hope you have a lovely holiday break with family and loved ones. Stay safe and we'll see you back for more This Song Is Yours in 2024. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.